You guys ready? Some of you are. How about, oh, there you go, there you go. All right, all right. Hey, it's good to be with you today. You can be seated. Thank you, guys. Hey, let me, let me before I move into today's uh, brand new series called The Power of Saying, uh, let me remind you of a couple of things. Well, maybe remind you of one, inform you of some other things. Next week, we are doing time change. All right? You know what that means. That means, that means you get up an hour earlier to get to, uh, get to church on time. Okay? You spring forward. You spring forward an hour, which means you lose an hour's sleep. All right? And, uh, and so make sure that you adjust your clocks on Saturday to make sure you're at church on time. All right? One of the lowest attended days in the year. Is that crazy or what? Over one hour. And let it not be said of Church on the Move. All right, you got it? Uh, another thing, um, we just had, we, we put out these little small devotional, small devotional. We've been doing this for years. Very great, great uh, daily reads that you guys can read. It just, uh, the, the, this quarterly session just got put out. They're free. They're no charge. I want to encourage you, grab one. Uh, and maybe you didn't know they, they were out there. They're at the Welcome Center. Just grab you one. Grab one for uh, a friend or whatever. And, and so, all right? Okay. A couple more things. Maybe three more things. Uh, today uh, is our step one. Maybe you've been coming to Church on Move. You went, you're, you're uh, wanting to connect or find more, uh, out more about Church on Move. Today's a great day to do that. It's through our growth track. Our growth track's meant not only to grow you, but also to help grow our church. How many of you want your church to grow? And and, and part of our vision is to grow a life-giving church. And so our growth track defines that for us. And so we want to encourage you to come at uh, 1130 in here. We'll meet. If you have children, we'll we'll have child care for you. And we even feed you. How's that? All right, we feed you, and so that that'll be taking place. Another thing that's coming up in just a few months, about six months away, it's, it may seem a ways away, and I'll let you know when registration opens. It should be by next week. But we have our Radiant Women's Conference that will be taking place, and uh, I want to encourage you to be a part of that. It's going to be in September. And uh, so that's going to be taking place. And then also one more important, probably more than anything, this is an opportunity that we all have to be able to reach and impact people's lives in a grand way. More people will come at an invitation to church during a holiday than any other day. And we have Easter coming up. And so we have our Easter service taking place on April the 16th. And so make sure that you're here. Not only you commit to being here, but bringing some folks to be a part of that. All right? All right. Advertisement's done. (laughs) Here we go. I want to talk to you about the power of same. We live in a society where... We see uh, people having a hard time sticking with commitments. Uh, we, 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 have, we live in a consumer society. 
Uh, people will consume and they'll, they'll, they'll shop and hop and, and, and as a result, they're not producing any kind of fruit in their life like they need to. And God called us to be fruit bearers, to, to produce out of our life, to bring forth out of our life great things. And we're going to talk about that today. Our society frowns on, really honestly frowns on, uh, that commitment. And, and so we're going to be talking about, not commitment, but we're going to be talking about the importance and the, really the, the blessing of the power of the same. There's things that we ought to be doing as a way of life on a regular basis that will produce good things in our life. And, uh, and so we need to understand that God celebrates, he celebrates uh, consistency. Our world will celebrate new, they'll, they'll, they'll celebrate uh, the next thing, but God celebrates consistency, just having that consistency in our life. And it's unfortunate, even in our day and age, uh, that church uh, has been scaled back to, for most churches, just a one, one uh, weekend service uh, a, a, month, a week. And, uh, and now the average church attender is anywhere from once to twice a month. And, uh, and that's, it's, people are losing hold of consistency. And, and if, as a result, you see a lot of people's lives a mess. And, uh, and because they're not, working, they're not working the things that need to be worked in their life. So what I want to do is I want to launch with John chapter 15. And we're going to talk about... Uh, consistency or the power of saying, John chapter 15, and I'm going to read several verses, and in these verses you're going to see one word just continually being spotlighted, and it's the word abide. The word abide means to be consistent, it means to stay or to remain or to continue. And you'll see this one word in these, just these few verses, 10 different times Jesus pointed it out when he was communicating to us. And he's saying it's important. Anytime you hear that repetition in the word, it's because it's important. And so let's look here at John chapter 15, verse 1. Jesus said this of himself, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so that you will be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
Wow, very powerful. So what I want to do is I want to talk to you about, and I entitled today's message, More of the Same. More of the Same. We, the, the, power, the power of the same is found in the more of the same. And I believe that's what Jesus was communicating to us. If you're going to bear fruit and you're going to bear more fruit, then we need to understand that there's more of the same that we're needing. Many times we're moving on and we're going from new to new, from thing to thing, from relationship to relationship, instead of sticking with the things that we need to stick with. I understand and I realize that there are things that we need to move on from that might be unhealthy in our life. I'm not talking about unhealthy things that we need to uh, stick with. I'm, I'm talking about sticking with the things that are healthy in our life, the things that the Word of God defines for us that's going to p- produce good fruit in our life. I'm not saying stick with the things that are going to produce rotten fruit. And some of us, all of us should know, you know, I'm sure that all of us have produced some rotten fruit in our life. And so we need to stick with it. We need to stick with it until we produce what God wants us to produce in our life. So the first thought I want to give you today on more of the same is that the key to change is more of the same. Many of us are in situations and circumstances in our life where we need a change. There's some things in our life that needs to change. And, in, and many times what we do is we start changing things. And instead of changing a bunch of things, we need to, we need to do more of the same. We need, to, we need to get in there and do the things that need to be do, doing to produce the change that needs to be produced in our life. Many try God instead of abide in God. Many try the Word instead of abide in the Word. Many try prayer instead of abiding in prayer. Many people try small groups instead of abiding in small groups. Can I have an amen? Amen. Many try church instead of abiding in church. And therefore, there's no fruit. Therefore, there's no fruit. And, and I'm here to tell you, it's easier said than done to stick with something in, in, until you see fruit take place. Years ago. Uh, and you may not be able to imagine it, but I had, I, had, I had gotten to about 235 pounds. And I had gotten pretty heavy, and I, I seriously, it was very difficult. To, to be able to step on this platform like this would have been difficult for me. I remember we had a, a concession uh, trailer out there, and, and, and I remember I had to have help just to step on it. It was, it was kind of a taller step, and I couldn't even get up it because I had so much weight on me. And I would walk across the parking lot, <sighs> huffing and puffing. And I, I, and I, I, I you know, it's just, I was just eating wrong, wasn't exercising, uh, you know, just that. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me. He says, you need, you, need a, you need to make a change in your life. And if you don't, you're going to shorten your life. And so I started on this track of changing my life by uh, exercising and, and eating right and, and just making sure that I, you know, I just, I just ate right and exercised like all of us should do. 
And, and so I thought, man, this is going to happen right away. This is going to be cool. I'm going to make these changes and, and we're going to see, I'm going to see this weight drop off. And, and I started doing it. And man, I tell you, instead of dropping weight, I gain weight. And the reason is, is I'd go for, I'd go for a time and, and, and I'd eat right and then, and then I'd gorge. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd make up for it all in, you know, just a short span of time. And, and, and so I do okay for a while and, and then I, and then I just, I, you know, I, and, and here's the thing. Finally, finally, I just got consistent in it. And I had to do the same thing in order to have change in my life. I'd love to say that it happened over a short time, but I went year after year after year after year where I just didn't see a whole lot of movement. I didn't see a whole lot of change in my life. And I almost fell and I almost gave up because I, didn't, I wasn't seeing anything happen. And it was discouraging and it was tough. But I knew that if I stuck with it, and I remember God just speaking in my heart, and, it, and it's like, I don't want to sh- sell my, sh- my, my life short. I want to be able to impact life the whole duration that God has planned for me to do it. I don't, wanna, I, don't wanna, I don't want one second cut short in my life that God intended for me to live. And so I just kept on and kept on and, 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 and then I do well and, then, uh, and I, I, I started doing really well. And, and I got a discipline, a regiment in my life that I, have, I, I, just, I just lived out. But I saw nothing take place. And I don't know what happened. I really don't. I, I, I just believe it's just God honored it and he said he knew, he knew best for me and I just continued on and fasting has to do something with it. I, I, you know, uh, years and years ago I got on a, a track and I've always fasted but I got on a track where I did some extended fasting and we do that once a year and, and several years I did it several times a year and, and that helped drop it. But I wasn't fasting to drop weight. Well... There were times that I fasted to drop some weight because I saw it coming off and it was encouraging. But I did it and I did it and I did it and I did it until I saw the change that I was desiring. See, some of you are struggling in your marriage and you see what God says. You see that God says to be kind one to another. You see that God says, be patient with one another. And sometimes it's very difficult to be patient with somebody that's not cooperating. Isn't that right? Or it's, it's difficult to be kind to somebody that's not kind to you. When they're being rude and crude and rough with you in, 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 you know, in their responses and not being kind to you. And it's very difficult to be kind to them. And so you're going to have to discipline yourself to do the, do the same. More of the same. More of the same. More of the same. And I, and I did give point one. The point one was the key to change is more of the same. The key to change is more of the same. John chapter 15 verse 4, it says, Abide in me, Jesus said, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. 
We've got, we've got to continue doing what needs to be done until we see the fruit that we want to see taking place in our life. 1 John chapter 3, verse 6 says this, Whoever abides in him does not sin. And I'm going to explain that in a little bit. Because some of you are thinking, man, I know I sin, so I guess I'm not abiding in him. But it goes on to say, whoever sins has neither seen him nor knows him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Now that word practice is the same thing. It's abiding. It's doing the same thing. And I want to read this out of the Amplified because it makes a little bit more sense. It says, no one who abides in him, who remains united in fellowship with him, deliberately knowing and habitually practice sins. In other words, when you're abiding in him, what it's talking about, you're not going to habitually practice sin. And so, thank God that we can practice righteousness, and the more that we practice it, the more that we do it. The more that you practice whatever needs to be practiced, the, the, the more... Uh, the more uh, uh, the more that you're going to have the fruit of it. And so, so first of all, the, the key to change is more of the same. The second thing I want us to look at is that the key to greatness is more of the same. All of us want great things for our life. We want great marriages. We want, we want great ministries. We want a great church. We want, we want greatness, right? We want, to have a great, we want to have a great relationship with the Lord Jesus. John chapter 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. I like that. It's great to bear some fruit, but how about much fruit? I I got a couple of quotes here because I think too many times we get away from the fundamentals. We get away from the things that really do produce in our life. Jack Nicklaus, you've ever heard of him? He's a golf guy that's world-renowned. And he said this, he says, Learn the fundamentals of the game and stick to them. Why? Why does he say that? Because it produces. There's some fundamentals in, in the things of God that we just need to, we need to stick to. And, and as a result, it, it begins to produce in our life. Then here's another one by Michael Jordan. Have you ever heard of him? You know, he's this little, he's this guy that kind of plays some basketball, used to. But he said this, he says, the minute you get away from, from fundamentals, whether it's proper technique, work ethic, or mental preparation, the bottom can fall out of your game, your schoolwork, your job, whatever you're doing. Fundamentals. Fundamentals will produce in your life. It will produce in your life. I, uh, I was uh, on YouTube, if you've ever been there before. Yeah. Never. <laughs> what is YouTube, huh? And, uh, and I saw something on YouTube that I wanted to show you guys, and I, I, I would suggest looking at the big screen 
And uh, it's a video of a guy named Odell Beckham. And Junior, yeah. And, and this guy, he's, he's known for his one-handed catches. And he made this horrendous catch that I want you to see. And so let's play that. And you'll see him. You'll see him. Uh, he, he, he was even, uh, he even had pass interference on him. And he still caught the ball. Look at this. Look at this. Poof. One-handed catch. Now, I want you, look, 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 oh, yeah. Hey, if that was you, you'd be doing the same. But watch this, watch this, watch this. Wow. Watch it again, watch it again. See, he, he was, there was a pass interference. Yeah, Cowboys, boo. But watch this, watch this. Bam. Bam. And, I mean, he just, it's just, it's just amazing how he caught that ball. And yeah, one more time. It's it's oh okay. I didn't think I had one more. All right. Isn't that awesome? Now what's amazing about this is many people would probably say, well, "What a lucky catch! What a lucky catch!" For years he's been practicing this before. Before the games, during practices, I was watching a video. He was laying down on the ground, and they were just throwing footballs at him on the ground where he was catching. Because many times they're they're laying, they're going down and trying to catch it, and they were just throwing it. And he was catching it all different kinds of ways. But I want to see a. I want you to see a pregame practice. It's really quick, and how he's just out there practicing that one catch. Just watch this. Just this. He's just practicing one, one-handed. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Now, now, here's the point. I'm telling you, the guy's great. Michael Jordan, great basketball player. Greatness only happens through through our consistency. I had a dream one time. And in this dream, and I'm not going to tell you the whole dream, but I felt like God gave me this, and, and I was preaching on greatness, and, and I was talking about how God has placed greatness in all of us. 70, Psalm 71:21 says it this way. I, I want to give it to you real quick. It says, You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I was preaching in my dream off of this message that God has placed greatness in every one of us. But greatness has to be discovered, it has to be developed, and then it has to be lived out. But before it can be lived out, it has to be discovered that every one of us have a seed of greatness in us, but we just got to realize that it's there. And, and I was talking about how everything on this earth that we enjoy now, the seats, the building, the cars we drive, everything, when God created the earth, the heavens and the earth, all of that was here. There were cards here, cars here, there were rockets here. They was just all in raw form and needed to be discovered. And I'm here to tell you that there's greatness in every one of us, but it has to be discovered. But once it's discovered, it has to be developed. And the developing of things happens through the constant, continuous routines in our life. It it happens by us going over and over and over the same thing. It really does. And and so so I in this dream, God gave me a phrase that greatness only grows in the soil of great commitment. 
that greatness only grows in the soil of great commitment. And so I want to give you the sub point to point number one, and then the sub point to point number two. The sub point to point number one is this practice makes permanent. Let's put that up there, Ms. Sheila. Practice makes permanent. The more we practice something, the more permanent it becomes in our life. If we'll just practice it, we practice it. I'm going to tell you that Odell, I'm telling you, he practices it and practices it where it's just second nature to him. This is how we catch. He just like, and he shows up with the ball in his hand. Practice makes permanent. And the the second sub-point to number two, I want to give you this, is that you'll never arrive into abide. We have to abide in in, in the things that we need to be doing. I tell you, there's a lot of Christians that are frustrated with their life. They're frustrated with their marriage. They're frustrated with all kinds of things in their life. And it's a wonder because they're not abiding in the things that are necessary. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harp on this because it's a passion in my life because I know the difference that it can make. And thank God that most of you, if not all of you, hopefully are, are uh, you understand where I'm coming from. And so it's like, you're going to cheer me on. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, church is essential. It's not optional. It's essential. Faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word. I cannot, for some people, it's hard for me. I can't even pastor some people. They come to church once or twice a month. It's hard for me. I, there's no, it's impossible for me to pastor them, really. Because they're not, they're not you know, they're not, and, and that's if they come that time. So if they miss one of those one times, then you see them maybe every other month. And so I want to, I want to, it's just important that we, we understand the importance of this. Okay. All right. Moving on. Moving on on up. All right. (laughs) Number three, the third thing I want to share with you just really quickly is the key to miracles is more of the same. John chapter 15, verse seven and eight. He said, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you desire. Sometimes we need, we need a miracle. Amen. It's the greatest desire of my life is to, at that point, that I would have a miracle in my life. I, I, I share people, I share with people my, my life and I share about how, how, you know, what my life used to look like. We were sitting around in our small group uh, 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 last week we were at uh, a restaurant, our marriage small group, and we were we were talking about some things that we did when we were young, and and I started revealing some stuff, and it's like, man, that was a whole life ago, and it's almost like if not even the same person. People look at me, and it's like, are you serious? You were you did some of that stuff, and 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 I just share. I didn't I didn't even share anything. In my estimation, bad, and and here some of these people were sharing, you know, how they. They did, you know, talked out in class or something. I don't remember. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad in comparison. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, but you know, I'm a miracle. I'm, I'm a miracle because of what Christ has done in me and through me. He's working in me. And all I do is I respond and cooperate with what he's doing inside of me. And I just stay consistent with it. 
I just stay steadfast. The diligent will bear rule. They'll bear rule. They'll bear rule. When we stay with it, when we're consistent in it, then it, begun, it begins to produce in our, lo- in our life the miracle that God wants to bring in and through our lives. But we need to understand that. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, verse 8 says, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. He glorifies God when miracles are being produced in and through our lives. It brings no glory to God if we stay in a place of defeat. But it always brings glory to God when we, we move into a place of victory. A couple more scriptures here. James chapter 1 verse 25, it says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty... And continues in it. Say continues. continues. Sounds like abiding to me, doesn't it? And continues in it. And is not a forgetful here, but a doer of, this, of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. It's more of the same. More of the same will produce in our life. If we'll just, if we'll just work it. Uh, Psalm 133, verse 1, it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. Notice the word dwell and the word unity. Both of them are abiding. If you're in unity, it's because you're abiding. Otherwise, you're in disunity. If you're dwelling, it's because you are abiding. And the Bible says how pleasant it is. If you go on to read in verse 3, I'm not going to take you there, but it says God commands his blessing on those that do this. He commands it on our life. It produces miracles in our life. That only comes, uh, to me, I define a miracle anything that comes from, from God that, that I'm not producing. Let me give you one last thought and then I'm closing. And this one's just going to be quick, but I just want you to understand that this, this, is, this is, God wants this for all of us. The key to joy is more of the same. The key to joy. Uh, I, let me give you the sub point on that last one just because some of you need to fill in the blank. Isn't that right? I know. If, if we resist the mundane, we'll miss the miraculous. If we resist the mundane, the things that, you know, sometimes we get in this, oh man, Sunday comes again, here it comes again, you know. Or, or here's Monday again, oh my gosh, here's Monday. And, and, and so, you know, that mundane, I got to go home and face that again. Yeah, you better love her, bud. You better love her. You go, it may be mundane, but you better put on a smile and do it because it's the right thing to do. You love her because you, you choose to love her, not because you feel like it, because sometimes you're not going to feel like it. You do it because it's the right thing to do. Amen? Okay, now let me go on. Let me give you the, because I'll probably forget it if I don't do it now. Let me give you the the. The, the fourth sub point, okay, just for you that want it, 
you got to fill in that blank, okay? Repeat the right things until the routine is the reward. If I could do anything over in my Christian walk, I would go back and I would enjoy life like I'm enjoying life now. I didn't, I, I didn't realize that the process is part of the joy. Watching God work is part of the, part of the joy. I think I had this, uh, this destination sickness or something, you know, that one day I'm going to arrive and, and everything's going to be fine. And, and let me tell you, we're all on a journey here on this earth. And, and God intended for us to enjoy this whole process, even when things are difficult, even when things are tough, even when things are, are pressing against us and we're, we're being stretched or we're being challenged or we're being opposed or whatever it may be, we can still maintain the joy. And I'm so, gra- I'm so glad that the, the routine has become the reward for me. The process. I enjoy the process. Is it easy? I didn't say I, it was easy. I just said I enjoy it. Because I get to see God work. Yeah. I'm looking for God. I'm asking God. I'm, I'm working with God in, in and through everything. And it's what a joy that is. That I don't have to do this thing alone. That I get to do it with him. But John chapter 15 verse 9 says this. As the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my command. That that we're supposed to abide in. That you love one another as I have loved you. Easier said than done. It's easier said than done to love one another. I'm talking about the God kind of love. I'm not talking about fleshly love. Fleshly love will marry you one day, divorce you the next. I love you today, but next, next week, get lost, buddy. You know what I'm talking about? So I'm not talking about fickle love. I'm talking about, I'm talking about God kind of love, agape love, the love that's committed to the end, the love that's going to be there when, 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 uh, when all hell hits. You know, you know who loves you when the storms come. Abiding brings about joy. And I, I thought about this, and you've heard me say it before, but uh, I'll tell you again after I read this scripture. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. It says, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit. For physical training is of some value, but godliness or spiritual training is of value in everything and in every way since it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. But one of the things that I was thinking about when I thought about how do I end this, I thought about one of the, the greatest joy that I have is, is my relationships. And you've heard me talk about this. My wife was gone for three days with uh, a group of our ladies uh, to a women's uh, event. And I tell you, I just, I just, you know, I just miss my wife so much. We were texting each other. 
like school kids blowing kisses on the text. You can do that, right? And so I just, you know, hearts, doing all that kind of stuff, just loving on each other. Just love my wife. I enjoy my wife. 25 years in May, we, we're going to be married. That's awesome. I, 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 I just, I'm just enjoying my wife more than ever before. She's a joy in my life. And then I thought about my family. I've, I, I've, got, I've got, you know, family. I've got a spiritual family, and I've got a blood family. Just enjoying both. Just enjoying my relationships. Is it easy? No. It's not easy. It's difficult. Sometimes my, my wife and I, we, we, we butt heads. But we butt heads with joy in our hearts. <laughs> and it's not always that joyful, but we, we butt heads. But you know what? We enjoy each other. We just continue to do the word. We continue to pray. We continue to give our life in, in our mission and what we're supposed to be doing as a church because God's called us to be a body together. And working in a body as a body can be uh, difficult from time to time. But man, I'll tell you, I enjoy my spiritual body. I enjoy my family. I enjoy doing life together. Life, God intended for us to be joyful. And you're, I, I, I can hear it right now. You're just not full of you're just not full of joy. You're just not full of joy. I, I understand that. That's why I'm trying to help you. What you need is don't go look for another church. Don't go look for another husband or another wife. Don't go look for another job. I mean, God may lead you to do that. Maybe I don't know. But if you're in an unhealthy situation, but what you need to do is you need to look for the thing that you need to do over and over and over. You need to get in the routine and get start doing what needs to be done and allow that to become the reward for your life. Where it begins to, you just see God at work in it. Sometimes we can't see God because of our negative attitudes, because of our resistance to to doing whatever it is that we do. It's amazing that your attitude can can determine how you look at life. And if you will just, you'll just start seeing your life as differently. Your routines, some of you, you just hate going to work. Look at it as an opportunity for God to work. What is it that you're doing that, 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 that you hate doing? And say, God, you know what? I'm going to do this as I'm doing it unto you. No longer am I doing it for me or my family or whoever. But I'm going to do it as I'm doing it unto you. You start doing that every day and start watching God work. Oh my gosh, I mean, it can, it can become uh, a joyous thing. And with that, amen. amen. I'm done.